Good morning, everybody. I know it's awesome, right? Hi, how are you? Hey, there we go. I got one. <laughs> um, real quick before I dive in and tell you who I am and everything, um, we forgot to mention, Eric forgot to mention, um, that after the service today, the missions team is going to be having a little fundraiser lunch. There's going to be hot dogs. Do you know? Am I right? Yes? Okay, hot dogs and stuff. So, hope you came hungry. Go get a hot dog and support our awesome team. All right. So my name is Melissa Elsner, and I oversee the women's ministry here at CTK Ferndale. It's something that I'm super passionate about. I love all generations of women and connecting them with our creator and uh, helping them understand their identity in Christ. And we, just, we do lots of fun things together. We do things that grow us in our relationship with Jesus as well as fun things to connect uh, with one another and build friendship and relationships. It's it's a, it's a good time, and I'm super blessed to be part of that here at this church. Um, so if you haven't met me before, I thought I would share, or maybe, you know, I see people here every weekend, and maybe you don't know a lot about me beyond the fact that I love coffee. It is very special and important to me, but there's more to me than just coffee. Um, I actually grew up here in Ferndale um, in my early to elementary years, and I just I went down a little bit of memory lane as I was thinking about how I'm back here. I've been back uh, after, I, there's a lot of puzzle pieces to this, but this month marks four years being back in Whatcom County after spending a couple years in Chicago. And then prior to that, I lived here uh, for a long stretch of time. Um, and I remember growing up, the goal was to always leave. Like Ferndale, you're in, yeah, Ferndale, you're like one horse town. I need to get out of here. Uh, and those of you who are from here might relate to that uh, because maybe you recall way back in the olden days, the only thing on the other side of the train track was the Carnation Building, the Bowling Alley, and Big Scoop Ice Cream. Big Scoop. Remember? I love going to Big, Big Scoop. And I think there's a couple other things. I remember my mom getting my, her hair cut somewhere over there. And Grant's Burgers. I forgot about mentioning that one. Hey, woo! Hey, we got some Ferndale people here, huh? I still remember when Dairy Queen got built because that meant we didn't have to go all the way to Bellingham to get our baseball cap Sunday. Oh, that was fun. Not, not quite as many cheers for that one. I guess that was the only one. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, you got big scoop, people. Um, anyway, so it just, it's, it's it interesting how I've moved away and come back so many times. And here I am back in Ferndale, totally different than what it used to be. Uh, I was recalling to uh, when I was younger and my dad worked at an auto parts store and I went to a little home daycare over by where the Boys and Girls Club is now. And Apparently, you didn't have to check in and out like you do these days at the daycares because I would just walk myself back and forth and maybe do the, um, what is it, family circus. They would show the route the kids would take when, the, when it's like a straight shot, but they would do this and this and this and this. That's what I would do, um, but everybody knew who I was. I don't know, that's Norm Elsner's daughter or whatever. Uh, and so I just, fond memories now, but growing up, I don't know about you, but growing up, 
tend to take things for granted. Uh, you know, Mount Baker, yep, that's a cool mountain that's over there, whatever. Uh, the bay, yeah, I've been to Birch Bay like a gazillion times. It's the beach, whatever. Uh, so it just, things like that. And now that I'm an adult, I can come off that on a clear day when you're coming back into Ferndale on the freeway and you get off right where it turns and, and you look and oh, Mount Baker in all its glory. So stunning. How could I have ever taken that for granted as a child? Uh, and then to the other direction, the bay. It's gorgeous. We have those beautiful islands. We have stunning scenery. And in between, we've got the rivers and the lakes and the trees and just beautiful creation all around us. I have a little fun little phrase that accidentally popped up. God created the best when he made the Northwest. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Amen. <laughs> You guys are you guys are fun. I love this group. Yay! Um, so, but as I was recounting my childhood, you know, it's just so many memories. My grandparents had a big farm out in Everson with an apple orchard. Like it was just this, the farm that you would imagine: apple orchard, big garden. And my grandpa would sell firewood, so they owned part of the hill, and we would go up with him in his tractor and watch him chop wood. But as a child, Little House on the Prairie was the thing to watch. And so I became Laura Ingalls Wilder. And I would just imagine this life as I pretended underneath the apple trees, or I would um, go through the corn stalks. And as a kid, they were way tall. And now they're about here and filled with spiders. But as a kid, they were my playground, you know, and just caught in wonder of everything around me. I remember the first snow. And as a kid, just seeing that blanket of white and how it was ready for me to dive in and build a snowman or a snow angel. I recently took to Facebook and I posed a question to people. I was just interested in hearing what people would say. And my question was, what are some things that made you respond in awe as a child? And if you have children, what are some things that you've noticed they reacted in awe to? And the first answer I got, I loved. It was a mom, she shared the story. They were driving home and her kids were in awe of the evening rainbow. And she thought, evening rainbow? And she was talking about just when the sun is hitting the horizon and it's layers of red and yellow and orange and the little fingernail moon is up in the sky. And I thought, I am never taking a sunset for granted ever again. An evening rainbow. How beautiful is that? Another, more answers included. I got a lot of them. There was Santa, fireworks, the first time seeing the ocean, butterflies, the first snow, new kittens, figure skating. I don't know why that doesn't catch me in awe, but maybe to some girl, you know, she sees, the, I, 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 I understand it, I see it. The train that clatters by, that was for me. I loved it when the train went by. It was fun counting the cars and waiting for the caboose. I miss the caboose. They took that away and I've never been able to heal. Um, what else, what else? Tigers, cars, bugs, uh, trees changing color in the fall. I've shared it before, I think October is my favorite month. It's like right when the warm weather's mingling with the cool air and the trees are just all beautiful and lovely and I just love it. I, uh, there was another story shared from a friend that I loved and as I read it, I was like, yeah, I think I would be in pure awe as well. He recalled of a time going camping with his dad up in the mountains and they, had, they just had mattresses, no tent, and they were laying out and he was asleep, but then he woke up in the middle of the night and looked up. And maybe you can imagine what he saw out of town, out of where all the city lights are, and just seeing the stars, the Milky Way, 
being able to know that, oh, that kind of looks like a planet. Like just being taken out of the everyday and being able to see something that would definitely put me in a state of pure awe. And as I read these things, maybe you're being transported back in time as a child and you're thinking of things that took you off guard or took your breath away and caused you to just stand and stare at what you were looking at. Uh, things like sitting outside at night, just like my friend shares. I know every time I'm out at night and I see the stars and the moon, I'm in awe. Or dipping your toes into the ocean for the first time. Our water is cold, but it's still something powerful when you know those waves are sweeping against your legs. Or maybe if you're a parent, it was when your child said their first word or took their first step. Or maybe it was that first bite of a chocolate donut with sprinkles and you took that bite and it was, this is heaven. This is what it, if Rich was here, he would understand that. Um, maybe it's like for me, the smell of coffee. If you know me, like, was I really gonna leave coffee out of this today? Come on. Wonder, it causes us to pause and to be amazed and to understand there are things in this world way bigger than us. And quite honestly, there's no words to describe it. We can try, and then we just feel like we're in this state of wonder. But something happens as we grow up, doesn't it? What happens to our wonder? When I was thinking of this, I, thinking of reasons of what might happen to us, there were two main things that came up. One was we get busy. And two was we learn some hard realities in life. And we'll touch on both of those in a minute, but I thought of some examples. Like, as a kid, you had food and clothing, right? But when we become grown-ups, we realize we have to get a job. We have to earn that money. It doesn't just appear. we got to work for that. Or like for me, cotton candy was magic unicorn powder when I was a kid. And then I found out that it is pure sugar. And if you know anything about our world today, sugar is bad, and I don't, wanna, I don't like it. It's not a nice reality. So we get busy. We're so focused on our families, our jobs, making sure bills are paid, making it from one end of town to the other during our commute without getting major road rage. Our distractions become distra dist more distractions, and then pretty soon we find that we're immune to what once caused us to react in wonder. We hurry our kids along when they're looking at the, the, the raindrop on the leaf because we got to get somewhere. That train becomes a nuisance because we got to get somewhere and those, that's taken a long time. We got someplace to go. We get distracted by our phones. I was down in the U District, a couple, or, or down by UW, uh, a couple months ago with some friends and as we were driving down the road, I was just looking out my window and I noticed on every single corner, I'm not even kidding, groups of people that were probably together like this. And what I wanted to do? I wanted to roll down my window and go, boo! <laughs> but I didn't, probably a good thing. But honestly, like we've just become that society that we're just, eh, and we're missing out on everything that's around us. Well, my hope, oh, uh, and then the other thing, we become aware of realities and brokenness. I think that's a big one, especially as a child, because we're naive to some things. We grew up thinking certain things, like for me, my family, I loved getting together with my family, but as I grew older, I learned some things that kind of took away that wonder that I had. 
Um, innocence is lost. Things become, things that we assumed because of our childlike wonder come crashing down as reality takes over. Well, my hope for us this morning is that we are able to journey back to that place of wonder. If you're currently there, awesome. I hope that you stay there, that this morning it just takes you deeper into that place of wonder and that you become an encouragement to the people around you. If you're not there, if you're here this morning and you're like, this is what we're talking about, really? I hope that by the end of this morning, you're, be, you're beginning to be led back there. Because I tell you what, when we talk more and more about God and who he is, you'll see it takes us back to that place of wonder. And we're going to be talking specifically about that, specifically about wonder, because here's a simple fact. Our wonder in regards to who God is can become clouded as well. Maybe you can relate to one of these. So we can take God for granted. Unfortunately, it happens to the best of us. We diminish how big he is, and we try to handle things on our own. We're distracted by life, and we forget that in the midst of our busyness, God is there, and he wants to be the source of everything. We become disillusioned by pain and heartache that is in this world. That's a harsh reality, too. It happens. And we forget that God is the greatest comforter that we could ever, ever want. We become overtaken by fear and shame and forget that there's stories in the Bible like God parting a sea for a group of people who were afraid. You can find it at Exodus when Moses is leading the Israelites because they're, they're running. They have this group following them that wants to hurt them. And they're standing and God does something like only God can do. He parts the sea for them to go through and then swallows up those enemies right after they go through. And I'm excited about the peace. I, I keep skipping my paragraphs here. Goodness gracious. All right. Last week, Eric introduced our sermon series called We Believe. And uh, we learned about creeds, we, like what we heard earlier, the Nicene Creed, and the history of those and how they were written to unify bodies of believers. We know that in our world we have different denominations, there's different ways of worship, and those are all man-made. Because when we look at scripture and understand, there's no denominations. We are all one body of believers. And so these creeds were written to unify us. And while the Bible is the final authority and what we should always go to, when we read these creeds, all the words written are supported by scripture. And that's what we're going to find out today. And I am so excited about the, what I get to cover this morning. It's the first line found in the Nicene Creed. And I'm going to go ahead and read this to you right now. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. Now, I grew up going to a Lutheran church, traditional church, and every Sunday we would recite either the Nicene Creed or the Apostles' Creed. And as a kid, you know, going every Sunday and hearing that, I began to know it by heart. So picture this little eight or nine-year-old sitting amongst the congregation because Sunday school happened before church, and everybody came together, and I was standing there, and I knew every word, and I said it with the grown-ups, but it wasn't from a place of belief. It was from a place of, I know this. Unfortunately, gold stars were not given out at my church. I'm still a little bit bitter, but, uh, it, and it happened as I grew older. I just, you know, I would say these words, 
but some might say that it was going through the motions, something that's done over and over again, and it just gets repeated so much that pretty soon we aren't even thinking about it. This can, can be super helpful, absolutely, but it can also get us in some awkward moments. So I frequent a coffee shop that I love that's the best in town, Woods, and um, so they, they name their beverages differently than everybody else. Every size is named after excuse me, named after a tree, so, and it's gotten into a rhythm for me, cedar ice latte with coconut milk. If I forget one word, I know I did. It's cedar ice latte with coconut milk. Get your pen and your paper out because if you ever want to buy me a coffee, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> cedar ice latte with coconut milk. Every once in a while, though, because Woods isn't everywhere, there'll be another place. I have second favorites in my life, but I don't even think about it. I'll go up and I'll order, I'd like a cedar ice latte with coconut milk, and the reaction is usually, what? Uh, I like to reason my coffee. I don't know. Um, and then, oh yeah, grande, that's right. <laughs> the rest of the world calls it grande. Uh, but I mean, that's a silly example for what happens. But, you know, we lose our wonder words that are repeated over and over again, actions that become so routine that habit takes over the heart. And we begin to not think about what we're doing. Without the heart and without the soul, we lose the joy and wonder. And in most cases, this is exactly what leads us to burnout. We lose our sense of wonder. I have a friend who can memorize everything so quickly. She can hear a song, and she knows the words right away. I have to hear it over and over again for a little bit, and then I get it. But then what happens after that is I'll sing it over and over again. And that happens with worship, too. Sometimes, you know, I feel like we come and we're like, you're singing that song again? Really? Huh, okay, I'll sing it. We forget what we're singing and what we're saying. We know the words by heart. Like this morning, we, we heard a newish song. I've, I've known it for a while, and I love this song so much. But there's these words that say, there is no one higher. There is no one greater. There is no one like our God. Do we truly listen to what we're singing and declaring? Because those words are incredible. Or how about this one, just to go in an entirely different direction, because I like to do that, I like to, to keep, you, keep you awake. How many of us in this room would, while we're in the grocery store or any other store, and our favorite song comes on the radio, but we would just bust out dancing down the aisle? Hey, wow! Hey, I knew I liked you guys. Well, as a kid, the aisles were my stage, the shoppers were my audience. Now that I'm a grown-up, I'm a little bit more reserved, I might do a little hip shake. I do all this, but I will not go all, go all out like I did as a kid because people are watching. They might get a little scared. Well, there's a movie called Sing. How many of you guys have heard of the movie Sing? Yeah? So it's, a, it's an animated movie. It's a bunch of animals because um, for whatever reason when they're animated, it's always seems to be animals. But it's all about uh, the singing competition. There's this pig. She's a mom of a gazillion children and uh, her name's Rosita, and she is just this prime example of someone who every day it's the same thing. Take care of the kids, feed the husband, go to bed, get up, do the laundry, send the kids off, you know, just over and over and over again, and you can just tell that she is this pig <laughs> who, that's, that's what her life has become. Well, then uh, she enters this contest, and there's this, uh, she gets partnered with this other pig who is the polar opposite of her. His name is Gunther. And he's like, I'm Gunther. He, like, he's just, like, that was bad. That was a bad impression. But he is like, woo, way, way, way opposite of her. And I, you know, I can understand why when she sees him, it's kind of like, 
Yeah. Mm -mm. Well, something happens throughout the movie, and then there's a scene where she's in the grocery store, and it's late at night, and she's doing her groceries, and the song comes on, and all of a sudden she's like, and she goes into full dance mode. It is so awesome. I'm so inspired by Rosita. I want to be like her. But have you lost your sense of wonder? Are you in a season of just getting by and feeling as if this world is just one big letdown? There's nothing new. There's nothing amazing. Each day is a routine, and you're making it until the weekend, and even then, things are just meh. Maybe you're feeling defeated. Maybe you're trying to get to that place of awe, but then something just knocks you down. You see the same people. You go to bed and do it all over again. I wish I had a five-step manual, two-step manual. I wish I had that self-help book to give you this morning, but I don't. Instead, I do have, I have something better. What is the best way to gain that wonder? You guys ready for the secret? It's really good. It's the word of God. It's this, right here. Abiding in the word of God. It's, it's that simple. There's no science. Aren't you a little relieved? Yeah, maybe? Well, we're going we're gonna to revisit the line of the first creed, but I want to just, if there's, we're going to dissect it, but I just, there's one thing that I would love for everybody to take away this morning when you leave this building, and it's this. When we learn and believe who God truly is and connect that with our mind, heart, and soul, we are moved to a place of wonder. There's some key words. When we learn and believe who God truly is and connect that with our heart, mind, and soul, we are moved to a place of wonder. We're going to read this first line of the creed again, and we're going to just kind of take it apart word, uh, with some of the words here. So we believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things, visible and invisible. So I went to the dictionary, and I looked up that word almighty, because I wanted to know what it means. And I found that the meaning says complete power. And then there was another word attached to it, omnipotent. So then I had to look up omnip omnipotent, and it says having unlimited power. So what we're saying is, we believe in one God, the Father who has complete and unlimited power. You know what that means? Unlimited power. Like it never ends. That's huge. That's big. And when we go to scripture, we learn this right away in the very first verse, in the very first book. Genesis 1.1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Do you know what that means? God was here before the beginning because he created it. What the heck? I mean, that already, when we first opened the Bible, it's mind-boggling. Don't even try to understand it because it will hurt. It's so incredible. Just soak it in. He's the maker of heaven and earth. As we continue reading in Genesis, we learn about creation and everything he created. Nothing was untouched. He created the heavens and the earth, the water, the stars, the sun, the moon, the fish, the trees, the plants, the birds of the air, the animals, and finally people, his beloved children. He's the maker of everything. That amazing mountain, volcano we get to look at. He created that just with a little pinch. The bay, the islands, everything. He created all that. 
If you ever want to see a grand example of living in wonder, you need to be around children. I have the privilege of working full-time teaching four- and five-year-olds, so I feel like I get a little inside scoop with that. But in the Bible, Jesus tells us to have childlike faith. In Matthew 18, 1 through 5, it says, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. We're going to pretend there's a little child right here in front of us. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoa. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomed me. Thanks to my full-time job, I feel like I get this little, the, the inside scoop, and, and I'm thankful to work at a school that's faith-based, so we get to talk about God freely, and as teachers, we get to instigate those conversations, and it's awesome. It's a privilege. I know that full well, and so some of the conversations I get to hear are so much fun. So one in particular, I remember a little boy said, God created infinity and beyond and Googleplex of everything. <laughs> You're right. He did. Another time I heard a child pipe up and say, God is the biggest superhero ever in the galaxy. You can't argue that. It's true. Children can inspire us, and they will direct you to a state of awe because they just seem to get it. They just seem to get how almighty our God is. So I stated earlier that the statements found in the creeds are supported by Scripture. So I started, as I was preparing for today, I was looking in scripture, okay, God, what, what scripture should I read or focus on? And what I found is that the whole Bible is filled with verses and scripture about how big and almighty God is. There was no way I was going to be able to just focus on one. I mean, I probably could, but we have this amazing resource right here. And I found one in Genesis um, with the story of Abraham and Sarah who were along in years, otherwise they were old, really, 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 really old. And God comes and tells them, you're going to have a baby. And Sarah's response is, <laughs> oh, God, you're funny. Oh, please. And God's response is, is there anything too hard for the Lord? I don't think it was a rhetorical question. I think he is making a statement there. Nothing is too hard for him. He is all-powerful. In Jeremiah 32, 17, Jeremiah says, Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth. By your great power and by your outstretched arm, nothing is too hard for you. In Psalm 147, 5, we read, Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. We keep reading this over and over in Scripture. It's everywhere. It's in the New Testament. You can find it in Ephesians when Paul is writing a letter to the Ephesians, and he says, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high is the, and deep is the love of Christ. And he closes it with, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. When we acknowledge the omnipotence and almighty nature of God, we are propelled into a state of wonder. We're moved there. When we stop and pause at how mighty he is, it's impossible to ignore his power and strength. So 
to gain wonder, we go straight to the word. We go to scripture. So how do we remain there? Same thing. We read the word, the word of God. In our women's Bible study this last spring, we did a study called Open Your Bible, and that's exactly what it was. It took us through seven weeks of opening our Bible every day and learning that the Bible is for now and it is for everybody. And that was revolutionary for some of us. But the other thing that we got to take away from it was tools to put in our toolbox, learning how to get into the Word, just getting a good rhythm and a discipline, because it is, it's a discipline to spend time in the Word. It's a good discipline, and it's worth your time. And what came out of that was women just being in awe and wonder of who God is as we dove into Scripture and learning that that's all it takes. That's all it takes. It's that easy, and yet it's the hardest thing. Isn't that weird? In your program, this actually is on your seats this morning, there's a, a paper that's a list of um, scriptures. Yeah, mine's in here somewhere. Uh, that is not an exhaustive list. That is just a little itty-bitty nugget of what is in the Bible. But these are verses I'm going to be reading this morning, and I encourage you to take that home, stick it in your Bible, look it up, highlight it. If your Bible's like mine, in the back it has a concordance, which is a fancy word for index. And you can look up words like almighty and powerful, and you can still read more and more verses about uh, God and his almighty power. Uh, but I'm going to read one in particular that just, it's so good. I was just going to read the first verse, but I've got to read all of it. It's Psalm 93. This is good stuff. The Lord is king. He is robed in majesty. Indeed, the Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. The world stands firm and cannot be shaken. Your throne, O Lord, has stood from time immortal. You yourself are from the everlasting past. That doesn't even make sense. The floods have risen up, O Lord. The floods have roared like thunder. The floods have lifted their pounding waves, but mightier than the violent raging of the seas, mightier than the breakers on the shore, the Lord is holy forever and ever. The Lord above is mightier than these. Your royal laws cannot be changed. Your reign, O Lord, is holy forever and ever. I think we can end right there. What a cool piece of scripture. Just read over and over again and be propelled into that state of wonder. I'm going to read more. I'm going to plow through them a little bit. Uh, that's why you got your paper in your hands. These ones are not going to be up on the slides. But in 1 Chronicles 17:20, there is none like you, O Lord, and there is no God besides you, according to all that we have heard with our ears. In Matthew 19:26, we learn what Jesus says about our salvation. Humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. Everything is Thank you, because that's a big deal. God's unfathomable love, described in Psalm 103, 11 through 12, for his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. Do you know how high the heavens are? Nobody knows. That's how big it is. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. Hello? Are you, are you getting this? This is good. Jeremiah 10, 6, there is no one like you, O Lord. You are great, and great is your name and might. Psalm 46, 1, 
God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And then Psalm 139, 13, he knew us before we were even born. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. And in Revelation 1.8, we hear from God himself. I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Wow. And it's when we hear these words, that is what moves us into this place of worship. In fact, all of our worship songs are inspired by scripture, like the one that we sang this morning. I'm going to read the lyrics to you because I just want us to hear what we're singing. Our Father, Creator, you hold our hearts together. There's no one higher than you. Redeemer, Defender, our great and mighty Savior, there's no one higher than you. You are always with us, gracious to forgive us. By your power, we have been set free. And we find this in Scripture. In 1 John 1, 9, we read about him being our Redeemer. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In Psalm 94, 22, we learn about him being our Defender. But the Lord has become my stronghold and my God the rock of my refuge. The next part of the song, I find it as our response. These words that we say, Lord, we stand amazed in your presence. And I love that this word made it into a song. Astounded. That's a really cool word. We are astounded by your mercy and love. Our hands are lifted high in surrender. Your grace for me, for you, is always enough. There is no one higher than our God. There is no one greater than you. Let my life forever praise the glory of your name. There is no one higher than you. Friends, when we acknowledge the omnipotence and almighty nature of God, we are propelled into a state of wonder. And all we need to do is open his word. That's all we've done this morning. We've been reading his word, and I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm already in awe of who this God that I say I believe in, this almighty God, maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible. What does that even mean? It means that he's almighty. So I'm going to invite uh, the worship team back up here. And I just, you know, we talk about, we, we, it's easy to say, like I was saying before, we recite these creeds and we say these words, but, and we say we believe it, but we need to live it out. And so I have some challenges for you this week. If you're a parent or if you're around kids regularly, my challenge for you is to follow your kid's lead. And that's hard to do. Being a parent, you know, you've got, you, you got to have your boundaries and discipline, absolutely. But in those moments that are appropriate, let your child lead you. Let your child preach to you. Ask them questions about who God is and listen to what they say. It's amazing and powerful. The other one, spend time each day in the word of God. This book. Put it out on your coffee table, somewhere where you see it every single day. And then, you know, maybe 
in order to start your morning that way. Maybe you're going to need to go to bed a little bit early so that you can get up and have those 10, 15 minutes to just open this up and read and abide in God's word and grow in your relationship with him. Spend time in worship each day. Turn off Drake and Cardi B and put on some worship music. If you don't know who they are, I don't either. I did a Google of who the popular whatever is and whatever. For the rest of us, turn off the classic rock and put in a worship CD. Yes, CDs are still a thing. (sighs) Pull your car over. Put the phone down. And just look around you at this amazing place we live. We have it pretty good here. We get to see creation right in front of our eyes. We get to just breathe it in. Breathe it in this week and stand in wonder and make it a discipline in your life. It can be done. Would you pray with me, please? God, man, digging into your word, just reading scripture and reading these words over and over again, God, I know for me, when I, when I just need to be reminded of how big and mighty you are, that's all it takes. And I am propelled into the state of wonder of who you are, how big you are, the simple truth that there is no one higher than you. There is no one, no one, no one greater than you. You are the provider of everything we need. God, I pray for those of us here this morning that are hearing this, and they're just, this sounds great, and, but life is just too hard. Every time, maybe they're saying, every time I try to get to that place of wonder, something happens. And God, I just pray that there would be breakthrough in that, whether that takes discipline on their part or whatever. God, would you just in your own mighty way, indescribable way, show your wonder and power to them. And those of us here today that are, that are here, like we get it. God, may we never take that for granted. God, we want to stay in that place, not just for our own sake, but also those around us. God, how can we talk about your wonder and not get emotional? Because it really does move us to that place of just being in awe of who you are. We can think about our lives and just think about all the ways that you've moved, God, and how only you could have done that. Only God could have done that. That's how big and mighty you are, God. Thank you for being our redeemer. Thank you for being our defender. Thank you for being our healer, our provider, everything we could possibly need. We believe in our God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. Thank you, God. It's in your name that we pray.